take a few moments to stand up, step out, turn around, shake a hand. Welcome those around you to our service this morning. Soprano or alto. I know, you were sitting up there. You were you're sitting with me in the middle of all of that, right? That's what I said. I said, you're sitting with me in the middle of all of that. You guys were packing up here. No, no, no. I was sitting there because I had the welcome. Well, good morning again. It's great to have you here. A couple of announcements to share with you this morning as we get into our service. Um, if you could open your bulletin with me, I'm going to point out a couple of things. One thing that's not in your bulletin is we recently purchased some chairs. Um, these chairs are going to go down into the basement, and the chairs that are in the basement are going to come upstairs. That way, when we have events, we're not hauling chairs up and down um, for that. So um, these chairs were bought at a, a Milton Hershey auction for extremely cheap and they are really nice chairs so um, 
they are out in Leonard's trailer, I believe, outside. So following the service, if there are a couple of um, people that are willing to carry some chairs downstairs and uh, have the other chairs brought up, that would be awesome. So that's right after the service, and I, I think Leonard's going to remind you at the end of the service as well. Um, Pastor Bob is away today. There will be no prayer meeting tonight. Uh, youth group is at 5 o'clock. Awana, we've had to make a couple changes to the Awana schedule due to uh, the Halifax um, Elementary Band and Chorus Concert, which was scheduled for the 20th. That was also when our Christmas party was supposed to be. So we would have a Christmas party with not many kids or families. So we decided to change the Christmas party to this Wednesday. That being said, if you took an ornament off of the tree, we need that present by Tuesday. By Tuesday. So we moved that deadline up a week there, but um, if, if for some reason that, that is uh, not, not, you're not able to make that happen, just let us know and uh, we'll figure that out. Uh, the Christmas service, uh, next Sunday, December 17th, we have Sunday school, but it's our kids program, and then Sunday, December 24th, we have no Sunday school, and the service will begin at 9.30. A letter's gonna come and lead us in hymn number 106, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
get out your prayer ministry sheet with me, uh, and we'll look at a couple of things this morning. I'd like to mention one request that I found out this morning. We support missionaries um, in Bolivia named Ivan and Sandy Lopez, right? And I don't know if you're familiar with them. They should be on, they're on the back of your bulletin. Um, they live out in a village called San Lorenzo, which is where the missions team went back in 2015. And they live out, and they actually work with a radio station that was set up out there to broadcast the gospel throughout the jungles of Bolivia. And um, the tribal people are able to have radios hear the gospel in their own language. Last night there was a, a tornado or a bad storm of some sort that took off and took, made part of the radio tower actually fall over. And if you've ever seen a radio tower before, they are so high up in the air. Um, now, the, the ministry out in San Lorenzo is actually in the middle of a transition as they're building a Bible school out there. Um, where people from the tribal villages are able to come and actually have teaching about Jesus in a deeper way. Um, they're able to come out and actually study for numerous weeks um, and get a almost Bible education. Um, so as that's going on, of course the enemy does not want to see that happen, and so he's trying to do whatever he can to, to stop that from happening. Um, so the radio tower actually fell over, um, and they're going to have... Am I getting a lot of feedback in this? Would it be better if I stepped down to the other one, maybe? Try this one here that way. Uh, there we go. All right. Um, so if we could keep them in prayer, uh, I guess their whole house shook uh, when it happened. Thank the Lord. He protected them. The, the station, the tower did not fall on their house because they're right beside it, nor did it cause any other damage. Um, but it is not cheap to put a radio tower up. Um, so in the middle of this project to build a Bible school out in the remote part of Bolivia, um, the enemy is, is trying whatever he can to do that. So if you think of praying for Ivan and Cindy Lopez for the radio ministry out there, um, it would be great if we could get behind them here in the United States of America. And as believers and part of the family of God, we can stand with them. Um, any other prayer requests this morning that, that you might have to share? Yes. Anybody else this morning? Yes, Bill. What was that, sorry? Dave Rocap. Anything else this morning? Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. God, you are a good God, and we are so thankful that we can gather together in your presence this morning. Lord, as the top of our, our prayer ministry sheet says, we know that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And Lord, today we come before you on behalf of so many. Father, our sheet is filled with um, things that are heavy on our hearts. Different requests were mentioned this morning of, of John and Dave, 
Lord, who uh, continue to remain heavy on our hearts. Lord, there are requests that are not mentioned. Father, that different ones are dealing with or struggling with this morning. And Lord, we ask that you hear those cries. Lord, we want to give you all the praise for who you are. Lord, we want to thank you for everything that you continue to do through us. Lord, we ask that at Word of Life Chapel, Father, we would be a place that shines for you and for you alone. Lord, we think of the radio station out in San Lorenzo. Uh, Lord, we know that the enemy does not want to see the Bible spread over the world. Father, that his goal is to see souls perish forever. Lord, we ask that you would provide the funds that are needed to get that radio station back up, that your word may be broadcasted throughout the jungles. Lord, we thank you for the safety that you provided for Yvonne and Cindy. Lord, we think of uh, Pastor Bob, who is not with us this morning. We ask, Lord, that you would give him a uh, restful and refreshing and bring him back, Lord, recharged um, for you. We are very thankful for Pastor Bob. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here this morning. Lord, I ask that you would speak to our hearts and to our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Your love defends me. Your love defends me. 
Your love defends me. Your love defends me. And when I feel like I'm all alone, Your love defends me. Your love defends me.
What do you want for Christmas? Have you thought about it yet? I remember, you know, being a little kid, man, you always had all these things that you thought would just be awesome. Maybe some of you who are parents, you've already gotten a list from your kids of kind of what they're hoping for for Christmas. Maybe not. The older you get, the harder it gets to figure out what you want for Christmas. Or for some of you, maybe not. Have you noticed uh, all the advertisements on TV when you get close to Christmas season, right? Man, they, they just want you to buy everything because you need it. You deserve it. Did you know that? <laughs> you might not know it, but you deserve it. You deserve it. There was an advertisement I was watching. Uh, I'm actually going to show one in a minute. There was another one that I, I'm not going to show this morning. Uh, it was one of those AT&T commercials. Remember when that guy used to sit around the table with all the kids, right? And he would, you know, speak real seriously like this. And the kids would have these silly, silly answers. Um, but the one time, the kids responded with, it's because you deserve it. And they all stayed saying, you deserve it, you deserve it, you deserve it, you deserve it. Let's watch, actually, a short commercial. It's actually real short. I'm going to stay right here. Who thinks more is better than less? Okay, why? More is better than less because if stuff is not less, if there's more less stuff, then you might you might want to have some more, and your parents just don't let you because there's only a little bit. Right. We, we want more. We want more. Like you really like it. You right. want more. I follow you. It's not complicated. More is better, and AT and T has the nation's largest 4G network. That's part of it, too. You know, we want more. We want more. We want more. Uh, every time I watch that, it makes me laugh. We want more. We want more. There's a story of a man. He was driving his brand-new Porsche, brand-new Porsche, down the road. This had all of the bells and whistles. I mean, this was the nicest Porsche you have ever seen in your life. And he, boom, flying down the road, pulls into a parking lot, opens his door, and a truck comes by, boom, and takes the door off of his Porsche. There were some witnesses that, that saw it happen, and they just they said that all the man kept saying is, My Porsche! My Porsche! My Porsche! And they called the police, and the police come, and the man goes to the policeman, and he says, Listen, you have to find who did this. You have to find who did this, and they need to pay. 
for what they did to my car. It's going to be in the shop for months, and it's never going to be right ever again. And the policeman said, sir, you are overreacting to this. What do you mean I'm overreacting? They took the door off of my Porsche. Sir, you're, you're way too concerned about your car. What do you mean? Look at your arm. And the man looks down at his arm, and where his arm used to be was only a stub because his arm had got taken off with the door. The man looks at his arm and looks at the policeman and says, my Rolex, my Rolex, my Rolex. You know, Christmas, Christmas is a great time, a time when we can gather together, when we can love on each other. But, but there's also, the, the enemy is always at work. He doesn't sleep. And Christmas can also be a time where the enemy draws us to a place where we start to value things and material possessions more than God. You know, materialism, I believe, is, is fixing our eyes on things. Trying to fill our desires with things. And, and the truth is, it's impossible because only God can fill the void in your life that you're trying to fill with those things. But the truth is, we live in a very materialistic country and world. I would even go to say that the United States of America is possibly the most materialistic country in all of human history. Everybody is so obsessed with the next best thing, spending more and more money on things, trying to be the fanciest or keeping up with culture, keeping up with the Joneses. And I think in different times of our lives, we all fall into a portion of that materialism trap. This morning, we're going to look at two different passages in Scripture. Um, we're actually going to look at three different passages, but, but two of them are contradiction or opposites. We're going to look at the story of the rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 19, where Jesus comes face to face with a man who thought he was doing everything just right. So why don't you open your Bibles with me this morning to Matthew 19, and we'll read together. The story of the rich young ruler is also found in a couple of the other Gospels, but we're going to look at Matthew this morning. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life, or to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All of these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. 
and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. What will there be for us? Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will inherit a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. You know, it's a very interesting story, and without really digging into it, we miss a lot of what's being said. So we're going to kind of tear this apart this morning and look what's actually being said in this story. So this man, this young man, this young, rich, young ruler comes up to Jesus, and he says, you know, teacher, and in um, some of the other Gospels, he says, good teacher, right? And only God's referred to you. Only God is good. That's why Jesus says, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Now, Jesus here is not telling him that he's going to be saved through the law because we know that it's absolutely impossible for any of us to keep the law. That's why Jesus had to come. He's almost testing him here in in how he's going to respond to see if he really understands. And and this man says, uh, you know, well, which, which commandments do I need to keep? And Jesus goes on to list a couple. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. And he ends with, with, with love your neighbor as yourself. Now here's where it gets interesting. Is this, this man says, I've, I've kept all of these. There's almost a self-righteousness here that's going on. And you know, sometimes when, when people tell us, you know, oh, I've never done this. I've never lied before. Or I've never, and you're kind of like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, you're lying to me right now, you know. Um, but we, we kind of respond that way about things. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't respond to him and go, okay, come on, really? He, he allows this man, he answers him to see if, almost if this man is going to find conviction in his heart. If he is actually going to understand what's going on. And Jesus says, all right, if you want to be perfect, and, and remember what the last thing that Jesus said to him was, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give them to the poor, You'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. So you you say you've kept all these things. Are you really loving your neighbor as yourself? Are you really? And the young man, it says, went away sad because he had great wealth. He wasn't willing to do that. He wasn't willing to put God above his possessions. Now, this is a, a, an interesting story because this is not something that Jesus is telling you this morning. That If you have, you have money in your bank account, you need to go give it all away to people and then hope that and pray that God is going to continue to give you money. That's not what's being said here. Jesus is talking to this person individually. It's not what we would call a universal command for all believers to go and sell everything that they have. But with that being said... We cannot miss what's being said here as well. In America, we have a standard that we have to meet and have to live to. 
it's kind of like that. Remember that Francis Chan rope illustration that he had where I, I put it up on videos probably a couple months ago. There's this long, long, long rope, and in the front of the rope is this little red piece of tape. And Francis uh, Chan says, you know, some of you this morning are so concerned about this little red piece of tape that you forget all about this rope over here, which is all of eternity. See, this man wasn't willing to put God above everything else in his life. Now, what, what if God asked you this morning to sell everything that you have and move away? The chubs, right? That God laid that on their heart. You know what? You need to sell your stuff, and you're going to move to the middle of where the cartel is in Mexico. <laughs> you're like, that's, that's like, I think I need a hearing aid. You know, something's not working right here. <laughs> you know, I get to go to the doctor, get the wax out of my ears. Or what if God told you to pick up your family and move somewhere else? We don't like to think about that because we're comfortable. We're comfortable where we are. But we're not called to be comfortable. We're called to follow God. Again, let me reiterate this, that what Jesus is telling this young man to do is not a universal command. I'm not telling you this morning that you're supposed to go to the bank, withdraw all of your money, and hand it out to people on the street. But we need to reevaluate our priorities in our lives. Who is first? My wife's reading a book by Francis Chan. She's looking like, oh, she didn't say, he didn't say he was going to say anything. By Francis Chan, she was telling me last night in this book, it talks about how God should be so much higher than anything else that when you come up with a list of priorities, God's way up here and everything else is way down here. I love to talk about priority lists in, uh, in youth group and stuff, coming up with priorities, realizing what's really first in your life, right? If God's really first, then you're going to see it, but oftentimes God's not. See, Jesus was pointing out to this man that he wasn't as righteous as he thought. There's a, there's a story of a very rich man. This man was about to die. And uh, it's, a, it's a fake story, so follow along with me as I say some of this this morning. Um, this man's about to die, and he goes, and he begins to discuss with God. He wants to bring his wealth with him into heaven, right? And he begins to have this conversation with God. Lord, I, I want to bring my wealth with me to heaven. And God thinks about it and, and doesn't want to set a precedence for other people doing that, but he says, okay, you can do it. So this man, before he dies, goes and has all of his wealth converted into gold. He passes away, and he goes to heaven. And he arrives at the pearly gates with suitcases filled with gold. And Peter's there, and Peter says, well, what do you have there? He says, well, God said I can bring this in. He said, no. And Peter goes, and he, he calls God, and he says, you know, there's a guy here. He has a suitcase, and the Lord says, you can let him through. And Peter says, well, what in the world would anyone want to bring into heaven? you got to be kidding me. Can I see what's in your suitcase? Guy opens his suitcase. Peter says, why are you bringing pavement into heaven? Why are you bringing, you know, gold is pavement. <laughs> see, we, we have this perspective oftentimes in our lives. But we're missing. We're missing something. You know, I remember as a kid, I, I always wanted the next best thing. 
I, I just did. And I grew up in Bolivia, South America. I remember, I used to have a Walkman. You guys remember what Walkmans are, right? Some of you guys have probably had one. A little cassette, portable cassette player. You could put it on your belt and go on a run, right? And every once in a while, it'd go like, boom, boom, boom. It would stop working, and you'd have to take the tape out and put a new tape in. And, but I remember I had a Walkman. I used to listen to it on the bus on the way to school. And I thought I was the coolest thing in the world. But there was somebody on the bus that had a Discman. And all of a sudden, my Walkman wasn't as cool anymore, and I wanted one of those. And then I had a Discman. And that person had an MP3 player. And I wanted one of those. I don't believe, personally, that it's bad uh, to buy things or to own things. But I do believe that there is a danger at times that we can fall into. And it's continually wanting more and wanting more and wanting more and trying to fill the need in our heart for more things with things instead of going to God and saying, Lord, listen, I, I need you. You know, every, every single day you are tempted with things. I mean, how many commercials on TV are all about how great this new phone is or this new thing is? Maybe you went out on Black Friday and you got a brand new big flat screen TV only to go over to your friend's house a couple days later and they have a bigger TV and now you need that one. See, with materialism, it's never enough. It's never the same. You always want something different and you always want something more. John Piper is very great with words and I'd like to read you a quote this morning. It says, I'm wired by nature to love the same toys that the world loves. I start to fit in. I start to love what others love. I start to call earth home. Before you know it, I'm calling luxuries needs and using my money just the way unbelievers do. I begin to forget the war. Now he's talking about the spiritual war going on for the hearts and souls of people. I begin to forget the war. I don't think much about people perishing. Missions and unreached people, they drop out of my mind. I stop, I stop dreaming about the triumphs of grace. I sink into a secular mindset that looks first to what man can do and not what God can do. It's a terrible sickness. And I thank God for those who have forced me again and again toward a wartime mindset. Who comes first in your life? I believe that's the whole thing with materialism is what's first in my life. Is what's first. If God's first in my life, it's going to show. If God's not first in your life, it's going to show. And I think there are all times, there are times in each and every one of our lives where God slips down our priority list. Whether it's unintentional or intentional. And we have to reevaluate and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I've, I've been way too into this and I, I need to be more about you and your business. There's another passage that we find in Scripture, and it's found in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 21. I'll give you a moment to turn there. And it's a story of what is referred to as the widow's might, the widow's might. Verse 1 says, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, 
This poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. Let me read it one more time. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. Charles Spurgeon says that nothing teaches us about the preciousness of the creator as much as when we learn the emptiness of everything else. Let me say this this morning. I don't believe materialism has to do with how wealthy you are or how not wealthy you are. I think you can be as poor as you can possibly be and still be extremely materialistic. And I think you can be as rich as you can possibly be and not be materialistic at all. What comes first in your life? Is God where he needs to be? And I think this, this quote by Charles Spurgeon here totally sums it up. Nothing teaches us about the preciousness of the creator as much as when we learn the emptiness of everything else. See, that's, that's the issue with materialism is that it's empty. And you're always going to be wanting more and wanting more and wanting more and something different and wanting more and wanting more and wanting more. Jesus says that I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not be hungry or thirsty because only Jesus can fully satisfy the needs that we often try and fill with things. I believe the story of the widow's might teaches us just that. That it's all God's. That's something that I've tried to come to a realization with in, in my life and, and continue to focus on and remember, okay, so the money that I have in my checking account and savings account, it's God's money. And he's going to use it as he wants. And the car that I drive down the road is God's car. And I need to have that perspective. And the things that I have in my house, they're God's things. And, and, I, and I understand that you've worked hard for some of those things and that you've saved up that money. And good. Because as believers, we should be working hard. And we should be wise with what the Lord has given us. But let us not forget that all things come from God. All good things come from God. I remember I was in college and there was this guy had a really, really nice uh, car. It wasn't, it wasn't a Porsche, right? It wasn't a Porsche. It wasn't missing a door. <laughs> he wasn't missing an arm. But um, it was a nice car. And... I remember climbing in. He's like, here, Tony, you drive, right? I didn't get my license until I was 18. I grew up in Bolivia, which is the land of crazy, crazy drivers, right? And he's, you drive, Tony. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay. And so I'm driving. I said, why do you let people drive your car? It's a really nice car. Why would you let a college student, <laughs> 18, 19, I don't remember how old I was, 19 years old, why would you let me drive your car? It's such a nice car. Why wouldn't you just drive it? You're here. And he said, Tony, it's, it's God's car. It's God's car. And I remember when I heard that, man, that just stuck with me. It's God's car. It's just a car. I remember when 
uh, we had just got our Nissan Sentra for the first time, and uh, we were so pumped about this, and uh, our landlord backed into it the day we got it. Backed into it the day we got it. The nicest car we've ever owned, and we were, I mean, we were just, we were so pumped about it. We couldn't believe it. Bring it home. We were so excited, and the guy backs into the car, and I, mean, he, I remember he asked me, he said, uh, I went down. I was going to take him somewhere. He said, have you ever been to hit and run before, Tony? I said, no. He said, well, I have. What do you mean you have been hit and run? He said, I've been hit and run. Okay, and he holds up this piece of plastic from my car that was sitting outside, and I didn't know he backed into it because I didn't hear it. And I look at it. Is that that from my car? He said, yeah, I was in a hit and run. (laughs) What? So I go outside, and I'm looking at it, and and I had a couple scratches on it, but no big deal. But you know what? My my nature was to say, I cannot believe this just happened, but at the same time, to realize it's just a car. It's just a car. Even though it's nicer than any car I've ever had, it's just a car. And thinking back to what the guy at college said gives me a different perspective. So the question is, how do we go from the rich young ruler of not wanting to give up our things or put them before God to the widow's might of being willing to lay it all out for God? What's the difference between the two? I believe that's found in Hebrews Chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run, the ra- run with perseverance the race marked out for us, the Christian life, right, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. All right, so I am almost done this morning. This is in closing, but I need your help. Now, it is so fun to watch that because some of you, your eyes, like, you know, just, like, fall out of your head almost. Some of you are looking back and forth real quick, you know. But it is completely impossible to focus 100% on both things, to fix your eyes on both things. So you have a choice this morning about where you're going to fix your eyes in your life. And we've talked about that before in regards to our circumstances in life. How oftentimes things will get tough and situations are dire. And we look at our circumstances and we forget to look at Jesus. And we forget about the promises that Jesus and that God have given us because we're so focused on our circumstances. Here in Hebrews 12, let us run the race with perseverance. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. My brother last week shot a 10-point buck. First deer he's ever shot in his life. When he went out to get that deer, he didn't see the deer walk across and go, all right, and pull up his rifle and then turn his head away and then fire. He fixed his eyes on the deer, on the prize. And there was nothing. He told me, Tony, it was a perfect shot because he had his eyes fixed and because the deer was only five yards away, but because he had his, <laughs> and because he had his eye fixed on the prize. Don't tell him I said that. That's... So I guess as we close this morning and we go through this Christmas season, please don't take me wrong this morning. I'm not telling you to not buy presents for your family. 
I'm not telling you to love on your loved ones. But I'm telling you to watch out for the materialism trap. I'm encouraging you and begging you to not allow things to become more important than God. What are your priorities in life? Who is first? So this Christmas season, let's not allow our eyes to be fixed on things or circumstances, but instead on Jesus. What do you think that Christmas season would really look like? Let's pray together. God, you are such a good God. And Lord, we are so thankful for the love that you've given us. And God, we are thankful for the things that you have given us as well. God, we're thankful for the cars we have and the homes we live in. Father, we're thankful for the finances to be able to bless our family with gifts, to see the excitement on their faces. But Lord, even more than that, we are so thankful for Jesus. Because sometimes lost in the mix of buying things, we forget that if Jesus never would have come, there would have been no point to ever buy anything for anybody. That if Jesus never would have come, we would all be heading to hell. But we thank you that Jesus came. We thank you that Jesus came. Lord, we ask that you help us to avoid the materialism trap this Christmas. Father, may we be an example to others in the way that we spend our money, in the way that we spend your money. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to take your hymn book now and turn with me to hymn number 120. 120, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Will you stand with me as we sing 120?
again, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity we have of gathering together to worship you. We pra praise you and thank you that we live in a land of such freedom. But now as we scatter and go our ways, Father, we pray each one of us be a, a truly witness for you, wherever we are found, in our workplace, in the marketplace, or in the community. Lord, we pray that you would guide, direct, protect us, and we'll be careful to give you the praise, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, with thanksgiving. Now, don't forget, we have some chairs to move, and if you can't carry chairs, at least you can open the doors, hold the doors open for those that do. So we'll see you out there. Thank you. Dark shadows put to fly. 